Hey guys, welcome to the show. Today I have with me my good friend Ryan Bucky, and we've talked to each other for quite some time now about doing this podcast together, but Bucky has a schedule that's really busy um, and extremely convoluted, kind of like mine, so it's always been kind of difficult to get everything to kind of line up to where we could both do this at the same time, but this time it kind of worked out, so I think you guys will get quite a bit out of this interview. Uh, Ryan talks about everything from being a former wrestler to leaving a six-figure job to pursue entrepreneurship, and he also kind of talks about a few controversial things about supplement companies that are ripping everybody the fuck off. So without further ado, let's get the show rolling. Welcome to the Leaving Weakness Podcast. It's a song. You like discipline. But I've got news for you. You're not gonna have your mommy's run behind you anymore and wipe your little tushies. Oh no, it's time now to turn this mush into muscles. Ryan, thanks for coming on to the podcast today. Um, you know, 2019 has taken off to be a hell of a year for you so far, hasn't it? It's been pretty kind to me. Uh, it's been a good year for me, been a good year for my brand. Uh, first off, dude, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You and I have been connected for a while. We wanted to do this. So it's, it's about time we do it. So now I can check this off my list in 2019, add it to the list of accomplishments. But yeah, man, it has been absolutely nuts in 2019 to the point where I was able to walk away from a job that paid me six figures to pursue my passion full time, which is the American dream, right? It's what we all want to do. And I was able to accomplish it just by being me and uh, by doing what I love. So it's been fantastic. Yeah, and that that story that you just told about yourself is actually very near and dear to my heart because I did the same thing last year. So perfect. I mean, it's it's very uh, almost spiritual, and I'm not a religious person, but just sure. when when you do that and you see all of the hard work and the dedication that you put in, and it goes right back to your family and into your kids and their, the love for them. It, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of cliches that we could say about running your own business versus working for somebody. But at the end of the day, like it is a completely different level of stress running a business because at the end of the day, I mean, if we don't do our jobs, we can't, to your point, feed our families, feed our kids, pay the bills. Uh, so you are constantly connected, at least in my, in my position, being a digital format or a multimedia platform that lives online, there's no turning off, you know? And so, but it's, it's fine. It's, it'd be one thing if I hated what I do, uh, but because I love it, I, I very much enjoy being connected as much as I am and being able to help others achieve what they're trying to do. Yeah. So let me ask you something. Um, whenever, when did you decide to make the jump from being a slave wage, as I like to call it, you know, at sure. the mercy of another person's hands to like actually saying, okay, I'm ready to do this. Was this something that had been like, materializing in your brain for a long time and what caused you to like say fuck it i'm making the jump yeah dude i mean when i started fitness informant back in october of 2016 my plan was three to five years i wanted to do that full-time so uh i had a plan in place for the first at least two to maybe even three years to just brand build and make sure that i can build brand awareness for what fitness informant is what we stand for what our brand values are and then um you know i anticipated back then which is now you know two and a half years ago I would have generated revenue in a different way. Uh, I didn't ge generate the revenue that way that I wanted to, but other opportunities opened doors for me. So 
uh, back in December, I finally decided to expand opportunities within the fitness informant platforms. And I told my wife on a trip down to Miami that we we're doing is kind of a, before she went back to work after maternity leave said, here's the number that we have to hit. If we hit this number, I'm leaving corporate America. Um, less than, you know, less than three months later, we hit that number, put my notice in. And, uh, you know, it's one of the, for me, it's a scary jump because I had a, a newborn child at the time she was six months. So it's like, if I leave the security of a 401k of the benefits of a six figure paycheck to do this, it's a big jump. It's a scary jump, but it's that's so much confidence I put into myself and how much confidence I have into my brand that we are all super comfortable with making that shift. Now, do you have your, um, your, your fingers pointed into like any other honey pot pots? And, and what I mean by that is like, I have several businesses that I kind of like have as like nest eggs. Like a lot of my, uh, security net is in rental properties and funny enough, I actually, read the book rich dad poor dad and that changed my mind about investing in jobs and everything and i actually took out my 401k to buy a bunch of rental properties <laughs> that way whenever i left my job from corporate america i would always have that to fall back on now did you have anything like that or did you just go all in i went all in uh but now you know doing it for as long as i've done and we we basically made a decision to live off of my wife's paycheck and try to reinvest as much of the the fi income as property or as possible back into the brand and now we're, we're looking to expand some different opportunities still within the fitness realm, the nutrition fitness realm um, of the world, because that's where my passion lies and that's where my expertise is at. So I don't have any other secondary businesses yet, but I will. It's just to the same point with Fitness Informant, it takes time for me to develop the strategy, the plan and what I want to do just to make sure it's done correctly and done right. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you about is, uh, and there's going to be some people that are listening to this that don't really know much about your brand. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, some people that have been living under a rock for two years, but sure. <laughs> hopefully that will change. Uh, yeah. I was wondering if you could kind of talk about your past life and how you at one point were actually in the entertainment industry. Yeah. yeah. When you say entertainment industry, let's clarify. I was not a stripper, but I could have been one for sure. Um, <laughs> I was the closest thing to a male stripper as you possibly could be. I was a professional wrestler for 10 years. My passion, my drive, everything was uh, pointed at an 18 by 18 squared circle, as we call it. I had my heroes were guys like The Rock, guys like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. That's that's all I've ever wanted to do. And then I do remember back in first grade, you know, at first grade, you're six years old. We had to write that paper. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I still have mine. I have it in a frame in my house. And it said, I wanted to grow up to be a pro wrestler, carry a snake like Jake the Snake Roberts and have cool sunglasses like Bret Hart. And uh, <laughs> so, I mean, those are things that they're funny as a kid. You don't necessarily know if you're going to grow up to do that. But my passion or my desire to do that never shifted from six years old until the time I was 16 when I finally trained and, and got acclimated into the world of professional wrestling. I wrestled professionally for 10 years on what they call the independent circuit. And for those listening who might not understand what that means, like think of major league baseball, they have the minor league system. That's kind of what the independent circuit of pro wrestling is. I was wrestling in gymnasiums, um, some small arenas, outdoors, I mean, wherever. So we, I mean, we would put a ring up wherever you could literally fit one and, and sell tickets. And so I wrestled all the way across the Midwest. Um, but that was it, man. That was all I ever had. I, I didn't, my backup plan was college. Like I was going to go to college. I was going to get a degree, but 
I thought I was going to get a WWE or WWF at the time contract. And that's really all I wanted to do. A couple of my buddies went on to WWE, got contracts. So that left me back in the Midwest area. And I was one of the top tier wrestlers in the area. Finally, in 2013, they called and, and they offered me a tryout with them, which was sort of my, my, my point. This was going to be either a make or break for me. Either I'm going to make it or, uh, and if they told me no, I, I needed to figure out what I wanted to do only because I was close to finishing my master's degree. Yeah. And when you have a master's degree, chances are you're probably going to take in a, more of an executive leadership position within, in my case, a Fortune 500 company might not be the best look rolling around in underwear on weekends if you're in that type of role. So <laughs> I had to make a decision and, and ultimately, and I'll, I've said this on, on my podcast and my platforms, I mean, I flat out failed. You know, I got down to Des Moines, Iowa in, in September of 2013 up here in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the Target Center. And I just fucking failed. I didn't, I didn't perform the way I should have performed. And it was nobody's fault but my own. And uh, they told me, no, I was too small. And I said, well, I'll give myself six more months to see if they recall me back because that was essentially when I was graduating. And uh, I never, I mean, I was always welcome back, but I didn't want to make the call out. I wanted them to call me. I didn't get a call back. And that's when I kind of decided, okay, well, let's focus on actually being a grown up and a, a real professional with this six figure degree is paid for. And, uh, but I still, I mean, I still, to this day, like, I love it. I have friends up that wrestle for WWE, so I still follow it closely. But part of that would, you know, if, if I had not done that, Scott, like I wouldn't be doing fitness informant because that is what caused me to fall in love with fitness and nutrition and all these things that health that I talk about. Yeah. Everything in, in my experience, the, the universe is, it's a weird place, man, because some of the things that you think are hurting you, actually really help you in the long run it's just hard to like see it at the time you know what i mean there's a video that the rock put up and i've posted this before and he's uh, for me like i don't i would never fanboy over anybody like i'm friends with jay cutler now i'm friends with guys like chris geth and branch warren never fanboy over those guys the rock is the only person in the in the whole entire planet i would probably fanboy over because from the wrestling world but now what he does with his acting but he did like a minute video for instagram one time saying you know the oftentimes the thing that you thought you were supposed to be are the best things that never happened to you, you know? And uh, for me, I thought I was supposed to be a pro wrestler and by me failing and not achieving that end up being the best thing that ever happened to me because now I run my own business. I have a family. We're building a brand new home. Like things are really good right now. And it's all because of, I failed at what I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. And honestly, man, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, suck up to you or suck your cock or anything right now, but I've really set back for, you know, the past few years where we've been kind of communicating online and really admired the way that you're handling your brand. Cause you got a little bit of that. I don't know if you ever heard about Dave Thomas from Wendy's and his whole theory on having an MBA. Mm -hmm. he, he, he called it the mop and bucket attitude where you just get in the trenches and right. really focus on your business and just, you know, no fucks given, no holds barred attitude. And you really have that because dude, you're, you don't give a shit. You will call out these supplement companies that are bullshit. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's kind of what put me on the map. And it's also got me in trouble a couple of times. But so I just, you know, I've, I've gotten threatened to be sued several times over the last six months. So I just have to approach it in a way where I know I got my ass covered because I don't have time to sit and deal with a lawsuit. I have to give back to, to my fans. And the that we have. But at the end of the day, I've made a commitment to what I wanted to do. Uh, from day one, it was never about the brands. It was never about an investment from a brand or any of that. It was always about the consumer and best for the consumer. Now, I'm no expert by any means, but I sure know a lot more than most. And, uh, you know, even even today, the day that we're recording this podcast, I got into a conversation with a formulary in the industry 
who was essentially taking the side of a, of a piss poor supplement in my opinion. And so I, I stand my ground with that. I, I don't let people within the industry who have agendas to make money for the companies that they represent or agendas to hit a certain number. I don't let them influence the consumers because they're the last people on the planet that should be doing that. It should be people who are unbiased, people who actually care. Uh, and, and you mentioned it actually on Instagram, one of the brands that, call, that I called out that kind of like blew up the internet for a little bit was Bang back in the summer of last year. Well, dude, you uh-huh. just interrupt. You weren't saying anything that everybody wasn't already thinking. Yeah, right. Bang tastes great, looks great, got a shitload of caffeine in it. But I mean, other than that, I, there's that's about it. <laughs> I mean, they basically have a great marketing ploy. They throw a bunch of big titted women, they add a bunch of like festivals and stuff and they're all over the place you know i mean it's i don't know has created the best marketing machine and beverage in the world i mean he is he is marketing that thing than coca-cola markets they're they're staple you know they're staple skew so in terms of business like the mba of me like he's a what they've done is absolutely brilliant from a consumer standpoint consumers who are buying this thing and it's a healthy alternative to soda they are also at fault because that is not true. It is not better than soda. It's actually probably even worse for you than soda. Granted, it doesn't have the calories that maybe a Mountain Dew had, but pounding 300 milligrams of caffeine several times a day is one of the dumbest fucking things anybody can do. But are, they do really, I, are they really trying to swing that now? <laughs> it's better for you than a soda? They don't say that, but how they sell it in their marketing, they'll say a, a study from the university says that this will increase your motor vigilance scores. They use very fancy terms, university-backed studies that they pay for to make it seem like their product is curing stuff. Their product is curing mental retardation, for instance, right? Like that was a comment that Jack actually made in one of his videos that he's actually now getting deep for. Those are things that I have issues for, with. Or when they call out, you know, super creatine or branched-chain amino acids do all this. Well, your product doesn't have nearly enough of any of that to do any of the stuff that you're saying. So... But the normal everyday consumer, they don't comprehend that. They will look at a marketing message, they will look at a package, and they will purchase based on flavor or purchase based on color of that package alone, which is very frustrating for somebody in my stance because think of this guy. You buy a, when you get a brand new cell phone, right? You go into a Verizon or a Sprint store or whatever, you probably spend a couple hours online at Best Buy or these different CNET websites trying to figure out which cell phone is the best cell phone to buy. But when it comes to putting something in your phone, body you won't spend more than 30 seconds researching it's to me it's it's unbelievable the laziness of the consumer and because of that laziness of the consumer these brands are able to prey on the uninformed so that's where i come in to say listen if you want to know what you're putting in your body if you actually give a shit about your health and wellness and the future of your life listen to me start to learn these things because these things are called dietary supplements because of the Shea Act of 1996. But at the end of the day, these things are fucking drugs. I mean, they're they are altering the way you do things. You should know what you're in your body. Well, Ryan, do you ever feel like a lot of us, and this is myself included, and just people that take supplements, people that are into fitness, you know, I think a lot of times people forget that at the end of the day, the most anabolic thing you can put in your body is food <laughs> you know i mean the the definition of anabolic people when they hear anabolic they think steroids right away right like that's where they go exogenous steroids the definition of anabolic is muscle building like basically providing amino acids via protein to build muscle food so what you just said is the most anabolic substance on the planet and you're not wrong but we what we'll do is we will essentially reduce the budget we have for food you know we won't buy that 
nice chicken breast and a box of actually good rice, but we'll spend 50 bucks on a pre-workout because we feel that's going to help us improve our gains, which is just an ass backwards way of thinking. So those are the types of things through our platform that I'm trying to educate consumers on. And, and one of the things that makes me cringe more than anything is when they say fitness informant is a supplement review website. No, we're not. Like we are an all encompassing fitness nutrition website offering free content just happens to be on multi multi platforms um, that we want to make sure that we give essentially original curated content. That's not influenced by outside like money. That's in, it's influenced based on actual clinical studies or data that's available that supports what we're talking about. Well, whenever you say like a supplement review website, man, your platforms are, and again, I'm not trying to suck up, but when your platform is very, has a very different setup from all the other companies that are doing supplement review type stuff. And like, whenever I hear you say those two words, a supplement review website, I think of like those dipshits over at price plow, you know, no offense if your buddies with them, but you know, they're, their content is very obviously like geared to whatever brands paying them. And like I said, you kind of seem to be more on the consumer side than, than most. Yeah. So I will say that I do get along with Mike and Ben over at price Paul. Uh, we have different philosophies. We have different ways we run our business. That's why like we're able to work together. And, and I've actually had Mike on my podcast before he's kind of more in like the keto world now. And they just brought Ben in who's in the power lifting. But I will say that we are, I think we're very drastically different kind of to your point. There's me. So it, we, I've never shied away from how FI makes money. Like I make money through advertising, which is brands, right? Like a brand like Redcon, Nutribio, Ghost, they're all, you know, strategic partners. They, they, they pay us for certain things. What they don't pay us for is reviews. So all of our reviews are hundred percent authentic. If you actually look at our ranking guides on our website, you will be hard pressed to find one of our strategic partners being placed in, in the top spot, let alone the top five. And, uh, and that was one thing I made very clear to them when they, when they signed on to be with fitness and foreign and to be a strategic, strategic partner, that their products are going to be reviewed based on that alone, not based on any paycheck that I get from them. So, um, I've had brands reach out to me and say, Ryan, like, you know, we might pull our deal with you if you don't start giving us better reviews. And my response to them was then pull your fucking deal because I'm not going to deviate from what, what made fitness informant what it is today. That or they could just make a better product, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, and then that's why I say, like, just make a better product. That's all you have to do, and we'll look at it differently. And it's funny because one of the brands that we work with, um, one of their most popular pre-workouts scored like in the mid sevens, which is it's average. I mean, it's not dog shit by any means, but it's not a top tier pre-workout. They took the feedback that I gave them. They came back. They created a new pre-workout. This pre-workout kicks ass. It's it's one of our top rated pre-workouts. But that's really how you get into that. So our supplement, yes, we're very big on supplement reviews, but we're much more than that. And it's it's just, it's important for me to always be transparent with my audience and say, listen, guys, this is how I make money. This is how we're making money. I'm not holding or lying to you. You need to know how I make money, but I refuse to let anything influence how I look at particular products. And it's been, it's, I think that's the number one thing that makes me as successful as it was is because I just pull back the curtains and I, I it, literally, I would open my QuickBooks account and post it on Facebook if I had to, you know? Because it doesn't bother me. It, it's important that the consumers know what's going on with me and how we're operating behind the scenes at Fitness Informant. Well, plus, you, you don't hide the fact that you use testosterone replacement therapy yeah. and that that is also a part of your biochemistry. So, you know, I, I just I can't stand when certain people say, I use this product. That's the sole reason why I look like this. You do the exact right. opposite. <laughs> yeah, and to the extent that I will never review a testosterone booster. 
I refuse to. So, I mean, we work with core nutritionals. They just came out with a new testosterone booster. And I said, Hey guys, you know, so we have a pocket of reviewers that work with us at fitness informant that they go through a vigorous interview process that actually I, I do like weekly trainings with them and make sure that they understand that our value, we have to make sure that the values are, are aligned, but those that are not on any sort of TRT, which is basically all of them, right? I'm, I'm an anomaly in that situation. They would get the testosterone booster because it's not fair for me to review a testosterone booster. My testosterone is already boosted because I'm taking exactly, I'm on steroids. It's as clear as day. And I've told people that. Um, the minute I pretty much got on steroids, I contemplating whether or not I should tell people. And then I said, fuck it. I just did a whole podcast on it, explained why I'm on it, explained how it changed my life. And, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed of it. And I've helped people discover that they have hypogonadism as well, that they've had to get on TRT and it's changed their life. So by me telling that story, it's impacted others, at least at the minimum, go get blood work done. I mean, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, get that done because you just never know if something is, is your endocrine system is so important and we neglect it that you feel like shit all the time. There's probably something going on there. So, yeah, right. I, mean, I agree with you hundred percent, man. Like I said, I, uh, whenever I was working for corporate America as a branch manager for a, a, a food, a, a food supply service, man, I was working the whole 14 hour days and, you know, had 57 employees under me, never saw my family just putting one fire out after another Man, I got to where I couldn't sleep, had no sex drive, and I was like, something is wrong. And I went and got my blood blood work done, and I found out I had uh, 175 nanograms per deciliter, which is the equivalent of a 72-year-old man at the age of 30. <laughs> so, and man, 12 days after I took my first shot of test, I felt like King Kong ding dong. It changed my life. Yeah. It's, you know, I always, and I was at 90. So that tells you how low I was, God, you know, Jesus Christ, man, I had, I had the testosterone levels of a 14 year old girl. So it was, um, I mean, for me too, it wasn't like a, a series of events. I think I had issues back going back in high school. Cause most of my friends were always like walking hard ons, man. And I loved women. I just was never like, I didn't want to have sex 24 seven. So I just didn't really think anything of it, but I was honest on my podcast. I dabbled in pro hormones when I was 19, 20 years old. And, and you probably remember those pro hormones were toxic as fuck. I mean, they were, they essentially it was oral steroids is what was in, was in them. Um, I think that suppressed my natural testosterone, testosterone levels. I dabbled in SARMs um, as well. Right as I started Fitness Informant, I did some SARM stuff for the site. With not a ton of knowledge with it. That's going to suppress your uh, your testosterone if you're not doing it, you know, right. So not, not you know, just starting my life, probably not having high test levels to begin with, plus mixing in pro hormones, you know, taking those in the mid-2000s and then the SARMs when you started Fitness Informant. It's not a good combination. So, I mean, that's why I always, I tell people too, like, if you want to take a pro hormone, you want to take SARMs, that's cool. You should do it. Just do your research and you know, make sure you're doing it the right way. And then I have zero issues with, with uh, steroids. If you want to do them illegally, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Just do it responsibly, right? Like get your blood work, take your cardiovascular medication because your blood pressure is going to go fucking through the roof. You're going to, you're going to have a hard time sleeping with certain things. So if people want to take steroids, like I'm all for it, like do whatever you need to do. Just do it responsibly. So that way you don't have to risk your health. Cause you look at some of these guys who leave this earth way too to maybe a group. And it's sad because they leave behind a family that didn't want that for that person. Um, and, and I hate seeing that. So like, like I said, older. and yeah, Matt, Matt was a walking experiment. Like I just want to say like, that's why he passed away, but every knows Matt and watch Matt, like, 
the dude was a walking experiment. He was always posting about what he's doing this weekend. And I love Matt. Like he's on my podcast. I spoke to my Arnold. So, and, and he left behind, you know, a baby boy and a wife. And if it was because of that, like, that's just super unfortunate. Matt, you know, was one of the more responsible ones, right? Like he knew what he did. He was getting blood work all the time. And he was taking the, the appropriate other types of medications to take with it. I mean, it's, it's just real unfortunate, you know, whenever someone leaves this world too early and, you know, they leave behind a family. Right. Yeah. And I think too, like, even, you know, that's a bad reputation to begin with. I mean, steroids, like in our case, you know, being on TRT, HRT, it's a life-saving medication, you know, from, we, we have it prescribed from a endocrinologist or a medical doctor. Um, but it, it, when done, you know, appropriately and you get the blood work done, like there's no harm to, to anybody externally. Like this whole Roy rage thing's a big fucking myth. Like there's, there's studies have shown like there's, you know, a little, there's an increase, maybe aggression in rodents. These were done in rodents, but like the increase tends to start fight or become physical or become abusive never happened. So, oh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, hey man, have you, uh, you might know what I'm talking about. Hell, you probably even read it, but there's a link on my Instagram well, a post I did not too long ago about that 2015, uh, 2015 study that Dr. Collins did where they did, a, they, they analyzed the lifestyle of like 2000 people that did steroids. And they basically found out that everybody was basically in their, th it was all Caucasian men in their thirties, you know, with four year or above college degrees, making six figures a year. <laughs> like it was all like really like high up there people within their community. So, I mean, it's just not, the same stuff you see in like narcotic or drug users or anything like that. It's completely different, you know, it's yes. a lifestyle thing. And if you are a bodybuilder who looks that part and you are using exogenous steroids and you get abusive and you hurt somebody or God forbid you kill somebody, most of the times that that happens, those people that do that were taking something else. They were taking, they were cocaine, methamphetamines, painkillers, something else. You don't want to mix this shit with anything, people. Like, if you're on steroids, take steroids. Don't be snorting cocaine and all this other stuff because that's when you're going to agitate the aggression levels. Now that's when you become physically abusive and shit can happen. So, um, you know, you hear all these reports all the time of bodybuilder hurts girlfriend. And it's like, right away, the comments on there are steroids, steroids, steroids. Well, understand steroids first before you start saying that stuff and understand that, like, steroids don't cause people to hurt people. It's the other shit that you mix with that typically leads to that increased want to fight and harm somebody. Yeah. And, you know, that's real to kind of like interject. I mean, it's real sad to me whenever you see an extremely tragic situation like what happened with Chris Ben Chris Benoit and his family. And they they blame it on steroids when they totally negate the fact that the man had had so many severe concussions and brain damage. And to me, that's the, the ultimate tragedy because they're placing the blame on something else. And if they actually focused on, Hey, this happened to this man, he had brain damage because of this lifestyle. We need to start giving people the kind of care they deserve. So this doesn't happen anymore, but instead they just passed off on steroids, which ultimately yeah. helps nobody. And to this day, people still believe steroids caused that. And yeah, to your point, it was CTE, like an extreme case of CTE. He was just not him, you know, and, it caused them to do something like I'm not I'm not here to make excuses for people. If people harm somebody and they're on steroids, like I'm not trying to make an excuse for like steroids. They should never touch anybody and hurt anybody. What I'm trying to do is just saying like we need to be open our perspective and, and open our minds to investigate to figure out what the root cause of stuff actually is instead of just pointing the finger at one thing because you think a guy is muscular and he takes steroids. Like that's that is so uh, inappropriate to make an assumption. 
Like, and, and I think that's just nature in general. We just, we are quick to make assumptions on whatever it is. And the, I guess the court of public opinion is guilty hundred percent of the time, right? Without people yeah. actually taking the time to hear and understand the factual information uh, that's going on out there. And like, that's something that I deal with in the industry. Whenever there's an indictment. Lost you there again for a second, Brian. Yeah, we're back. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, anytime like there's an indictment or a criminal complaint against a brand in this industry, people come to me because they want to know the information. They want to know what I think. Well, I don't comment on that stuff until both sides get an opportunity to lay their stories out there. Because a federal indictment, for example, is the federal government's case against somebody. So you get one side of the story. You don't get both sides. It would be inappropriate for me to make an assumption or make a comment on what I think is going on when I don't even know the other party's side. So there are people who get frustrated with me because I'm a source of information that when I refuse to talk about that stuff. But I refuse to talk about that stuff because I think it's the right thing to do until more information becomes available. Yeah. And it's we're at a kind of a crazy point where companies are hiring big lawyers like Robert Toyer and all these other, you know, supplement suing lawyers where they create, you know, fake entities that they're trying to pass off as a supplement company in order to sue another supplement company for doing too well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this, listen, I, I love this space. It obviously has allowed me to provide a living for me and my family, but it is the most ego driven space I've ever been in my entire life. Like it, it, there are so many brands that are ran by children. I, I think, well, I, you know, in corporate America, I worked for most of your listeners can know this. I worked for, for the company name. Most of the, so I, I worked for General Mills, which is a company that most of your listeners should know. It's a Fortune 200 company, but you know, dealing with some brand owners in this space, like uh, all I ever imagined in pictures, like if those brand owners step foot into the corporate headquarters here in Minneapolis, Minnesota of General Mills and behave the way that they behave, they would be escorted out by security. And this is why this, this industry is always, it's, it's people shitting on other people, people always cutting products down. Um, nobody can ever work together. You know, it's always, well, they copied me or it, it, I mean, consistently, constantly every day I, I get messages from people saying like, you know, so-and-so, that's not a very impressive formula. They're copying me on this. This isn't going to work. I mean, why can't people be happy for people? You know, like you can still be happy for people in competition. You don't have to shit down their throats. And that's, one thing in this space, like we didn't go around at General Mills saying, I hope Kellogg fucking fails tomorrow. You know, like we, we, we like successes because it elevated the entire industry and the entire space. But in this industry, for whatever reason, people just can't get along. And it's the behavior level is just unbelievable compared to what I'm used to. Well, see, the, the, thing, the mindset that I have, though, is, you know, it's OK. You have a brand, Ryan. I have a brand. We're both doing well. Why be jealous of each other when we can partner together and do something even more awesome like this podcast? <laughs> yeah, and, and when you see occasionally collaborations between brands, uh, I know like a, a brand by Black Market Labs and another brand, American Metabolics, they're two, they're competing brands. They have, they're being in the sports nutrition space, but they got together to create one pre-workout, which I think is really cool. But you don't you see some brands that really root for each other. And then you see brands that root for others to fail. And I just, I never like that. And unless somebody does you extremely wrong. And even then, you know, this whole forgive and forget concept that I got from my mom, I try to take that into account and be like, you know what, whatever, forget them. It's not worth my time. Instead of pulling a grudge, but grudges are held in this industry forever. And it just never goes away. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to ask you is what's it been like, you know, having your own post podcast? and getting to interview such renowned people like 
I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of jealous about the Rich Gaspari interview you did yesterday <laughs> and people like Jay Cutler and Ronnie Coleman. What, what has that been like for you? It's been great, but I, I mean, I, it's all based on relationships, man. Like, it's not like I just reached out to Jay Cutler via Instagram. It's like somebody knew Jay Cutler that liked what I was doing and was able to connect me. So without my relationship building skills, like none of this stuff would be possible. So I'm super grateful for that. But I mean, these are guys that the world of bodybuilding and fitness always looked up to. Rich Gaspari finished second in the Mr. Olympia, you know, three years in a row. He's And most people just know him pretty much for Gaspari Nutrition. The dude was an epic bodybuilder, you know, and uh, Jay Cutler, four-time Olympia champion, Ronnie Coleman, the greatest bodybuilder of all time. Like, I don't even think it's an argument. He is the greatest bodybuilder of all time. And it's it's pretty cool. And it's, it's cool. I mean, I was just texting with Jay Cutler yesterday. Him and I were texting about doing some video content together, you know, and it's like, we're, we're, what happened in my life? Like, how did this happen? Um, and it was, it, it's awesome. But I also know like it happened because I, I stayed the course. I remained patient. I kept doing things consistently the way that I wanted to do them, the way that I envisioned this brand operating and behaving. And because of that, like it attracts other like-minded individuals and Jay Cutler, for instance, and Ronnie Coleman, like we all believe in the same thing. So we just naturally get along well together. Plus I do bodybuild myself and I do work out. So I think when they actually see me in person, they're a little bit more appreciative of me that I'm not just some keyboard warrior that's typing up this stuff. You know, I put myself out there. I put myself on Instagram. Uh, they can see who I am and what I do, which is also very beneficial. It's been great, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, when I was a kid, I used to watch, I can't remember what the name of the film was, but there was a film in the eighties about Rich Gaspari, you know, trying to take Mr. Olympia and do you remember that movie dude there's so many different bodybuilding movies uh probably i mean he wasn't in pumping iron so i'm not sure what it was movie like it was it was i think it was the folks that made pumping iron and it was like the next big series of films they tried to do i can't remember but i used to watch that all the time when i was a kid i was like fuck rich gaspari is a badass you know he was like the underdog to me but i tell you what i gave a, a rich gaspari a lot of my money whenever i was in high school man going into gnc and buying all of his uh shit out of the glass case <laughs> i mean that the glass case pro hormones or whatever is what made that brand which is super interesting and i think was it called the battle for gold back in 1988 yeah that was it that was it man Great. So, um, I mean, all these old bodybuilding movies are just so much fun to watch because it's bodybuilding and supplementation has evolved so much. And you look at somebody like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was obviously an icon, but I mean, he was just lifting heavy ass weights, eating a shit ton of food and drinking really bad protein shakes. So, you know, I'm in an industry where I will never recommend a supplement to somebody who doesn't have their diet and nutrition on point. Like I make money from people when they purchase supplements, but if their diet and nutrition is on point, like don't fucking waste your money. Yeah. Get your diet nutrition on point first. If supplements, supplements give you the extra five to 10% of a performance boost that you need only if you have everything else dialed in, you know? So as much as people think that they need them, the majority of people that buy them probably aren't benefiting from them at all. Yeah, true. A hundred percent. And you know, it's really upsetting to me whenever I see what I, I think is a good product get overshadowed by an inferior product that's even more expensive. For, for example, um, was it Nutrex used to, then they still might have it, but there was a pre-workout that Nutrex used to have called like Outlift or something like that. They still, they still have a different, they have like three variations of Outlift. They have like a, a specific one for like concentrate. Then they have one more for energy or high stem, but yeah, they still make variations of that. I always thought that was a really well put together product. I mean, it was a little on the pricey side, but then you go look at something like C2 that's just as expensive and it's 
there's hardly anything worth a shit in there or that it's just good flavoring, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, to your cons- point, I just think consumers are not very well educated. They're not, they're not very well educated, but they also buy based on marketing messages and taste, right? So if you can, the more active ingredients you have in a pre-workout, for example, the harder it is to make that thing taste good. So the less actives you have in the case of C4 or C, you know, whatever you find at Costco, they can make it taste pretty fucking good because not only are they partnering with one of the best flavoring companies in the world, they also don't have as many actives. So when consumers taste it, they're like, my God, that tastes good. I'm going to have this all the time. It's cheap. It's 20 bucks or two for 40. You know, they're going to buy it based on price point, marketing, and taste versus a company like Nutrex, for instance, who actually puts money in R&D, comes up with products that are actually well-formulated, but they are a little bit more pricey. Uh, but the consumers have a very hard time understanding that because they're not educated on formulas, and a formula will never sell and make a brand successful. You have to still have marketing. You still have to have that type of thing going on because, and I, like I said, I had this conversation with an R&D specialist. I'm like, you might make the best formula in the world, but you, sir, are not selling products. I guess that's where everything comes back to bang and how well they market their products with all the tits and ass parading mm-hmm. all over the place, right? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right, like companies are going to win on marketing. And, and like I told you earlier, I appreciate a good marketing campaign because there is a geek side of me that loves that. I love branding. I was able to brand my business too. But with Fitness Informant, like I look through the bullshit of the branding. I look through the bullshit of the marketing and we look at the bare bones of the product itself and say, listen, if it's dosed effectively on X, Y, and Z, and, and this is what you're going to get from that. This is the type of benefit you should be getting from that. And if you, you know, if you half-ass that, you know, you might get a good tasting product, but then your performance is going to not be what you want it to be. So um, at the end of the day, the consumer and the market dictates the best of anything. So C4, for example, is probably the best pre-workout in the world because it sells the most. I mean, that's what the consumers think it is. From my side of things, it's not. And that's where I come in and say, listen, you can keep spending 25, 30 bucks on that C4, but here's a secondary option for you that costs maybe $5 more, but it has XYZ more dosages. It has all these different ingredients and here's what you'll get from it. I think mm-hmm. the thing that people sometimes forget is here in America, we live in a capitalist society and healthy competition is good for everybody because it just benefits the consumer to have a superior product at the end of the day. And that's where you come in and expose consumers to what's good and what's not so good and what all their options are. Right. Right. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier that I would call brands out. I've actually kind of shifted my focus a bit away from that. And you probably remember me saying, talking about this because I, you know, why, what, why should I start spending time and effort on exposing these really bad brands when I can put that time and effort into uplifting the good brands, the ones that are doing good amongst the consumers. So I'll still comment and I'll still steer people away from certain products or brands that might be complete garbage. But to the extent where I was writing articles on fitness and form and exposing brands, like a, that's a liability for me as a business, but B like that takes time away from actually helping out the brands who are doing something good for the consumer. So I try to put my efforts into finding those brands and working with those brands that are actually doing consumer first innovation versus bottom line innovation. And that's been very successful for us. Yeah. Plus I'm sure it kind of wears on you after a while being, you know, creating content that's kind of more has a negative undertone to it, you know? I mean, it gets more clicks, right? I'm not in this for clickbait. And so, I mean, I, I what's it going to do? It's going to, most people are going to click on that article, probably already know that that company or that brand, that product is garbage. Um, some people might, you know, I'll still talk about like multi-level marketing companies and things like that. Cause that those, those, that you can do a whole podcast on that. They annoy the shit out of me, but individual products within the space, like, at the end of the day, like, is it the brand's fault, right? Is it the company's fault for creating a inferior product and charging X amount of dollars if the consumer is willing to pay for it? No, it's really not. It's the consumer's fault. So the consumer needs to educate themselves. 
if a, you know, business is about making money, you can do it ethically and you can do it however you want. Um, but the consumer is the one spending that money. And if you care about your health, you care about your wellness, you'll do your due diligence and figure out what it is you're actually fucking buying versus just buying it based on an infomercial or a magazine ad or a, a, a tits and ass girl dancing on stage at an expo. Event. Yeah. Well, man, I, I, listen, I love you coming on here and, you know, kind of delving into a little of this. I know you and me are both kind of pressed within our schedules. And I'd love to get you back on here and go into a little bit more deeper conversation, but for the people sure. that, aren't following you or aren't subscribed to your platforms. Can you kind of just talk to them right now and tell them, you know, what you represent and how they can, you know, get more involved with fitness informant. Yeah, man. I mean, obviously the website fitnessinformant.com. we created it based on like a no bullshit approach to nutrition and fitness. Like we tell you exactly how it is. We look through the bullshit. There's no bias involved in the information we provide. It's a free multimedia platform. So we have the website, our social channels, couple podcasts that I do now um, that's that focuses on just all things health and nutrition. It's not just supplements, but it's, it's everything. So we have downloadable eBooks for workout guides. I think we have nine different workout guides published. Now we have a macronutrient calculator. You can figure out exactly how much you're actually supposed to be eating. We have custom meal plans that we provide. So we literally everything under the sun in terms of fitness and nutrition, we provide that fitnessinformant.com and via our social media channels, um, completely unbiased, completely free. We'll never charge for it. So, you know, if you want to check us out, awesome. Um, there's a bunch of cool content out there for you. Right. All right, man. Well, um, I know you got stuff to get to appreciate the shit out of you coming on and talking to us today. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having me on, bud. Today's sponsor is proven peptides. Proven Peptides is the industry leader in high-quality American-made SARMs. While other SARM companies claim to give you pure and tested SARMs like RAD140 and LGD, these folks actually prove it by third-party testing each and every damn batch of product and then publishing the results on their website for the entire world to see. They also offer a money-back guarantee and a one-day handling period, as well as an over-the-phone customer service department where you actually get to speak to a damn human being. So if you're looking for high-quality SARMs and other research chemicals like S4, Cardron, and MK677, go to ProvenPeptides.com and enter the discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS. Again, that's discount code LEAVEWEAKNESS to receive 10% off your entire order.